Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of the Gregor Ministries podcast. So excited to have Timo Anzalone and Brad Spangler back here with us today. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Super good to be here with you guys. Great to see you, Josh. Great to see you, Brad. Looking forward to this. Yeah, you too. It's always fun talking with you guys. So, Yeah, I, I love every time that we have a conversation. I feel like there's a lot of times and directions we weren't planning on going that we're going to end up going. So it's just a, a free time here today. But, you know, something we all, you know, collectively thought about and talked about was overcoming fears. And, you know, one thing that I had to come to the conclusion, the, the first obstacle that I had to kind of hurdle or overcome is understanding that I don't need to be afraid of God. There's a difference between the fear of God and being afraid of God. And, you know, when I think of being afraid of God, a lot of times, you know, we know that is because we're fear of, we have fear of punishment. We have fear of him rejecting us. We have fear of him not accepting us or turning us away. But, I, you know, just to start out, I wanted to go to 1 John 4, 17 and 19. And it says that love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. And we're going to go to 18 and 19, but I just want to kind of emphasize there that it says we may have boldness in the day of judgment. So that means when I stand before him in the time of judgment, I can have confidence. I can stand before him, not only without insecurity, but it says with boldness. You know what it means to be actually standing there like I belong here. I'm meant to be here. And it wasn't my own decision. It wasn't my own doing, but God paid the price for me to be here. And it was actually his decision to allow me to be there and then says, you're bold, mm -hmm. except that you belong here. And so he's taking out this feeling of insecurity or, or that we don't belong or, or anything like that. But then going into uh, verse 18, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. And so we know that the love of Christ, what he did is he revealed that he accepted us when we are as far away as we could be. He said, I love you. I care for you. I accept you. And what he's saying, he said, there's no reason to fear. The moment before I died was when you should have feared the most. But once I gave my life, there's no reason to fear. And so what he did is he just abolished this feeling of any where we had to stack up or we had to achieve a certain level in the law. And he just abolished that completely. And, you know, the great thing is, is that we received that brand new spirit. That's the, he says, as he is, so are we. What is he? He's holy. He's righteous. He's blameless. So as he is, so am I. But, you know, going back to the first part of that, it says the day of judgment, I'm going to have boldness. Well, if wow. I'm going to have boldness on that day, that should be the most intimidating day, right? Wow. But if I'm going to have boldness in that day, then I don't want to wait till that day to start living in that boldness. I want to step into that in my everyday life. And so, again, we're talking about really the fear of God and, the, and you know, the difference between being afraid of God and the fear of God, because there is a scriptural purpose of having a fear of God. And we really wanted to, I asked Timo if he would kind of jump in and just share, because sometimes that's a, a kind of a hiccup for people because they see, wait, there's no fear in love, but yet I should be fear God. So kind of walk us through that, Timo. Yes. And like you said, there's sometimes this hiccup between, you know, the New Testament, the, the concept of not, not being afraid of God and then contrasting that with the Old Testament, uh, where we, we see so many references to the fear of the Lord. 
Um, and I must add that there, there's, there's a lot of references to the fear of the Lord also in the New Testament. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're actually sometimes even more obvious. They're even, um, you know, directly uh, referred to the church. For instance, the Apostle Paul will say that we should be perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. So there's definitely a place for the fear of the Lord. Uh, but the fear of the Lord is not like, uh, like you, you said, is not being afraid of God as in trying to run away from God because we're afraid of what he's going to do to us. Yeah. But it is this holy reverence, awe, respect for who he is, his word, his majesty, his holiness, all of his attributes. And, and the scripture even tells us that we should be delighting in that fear, in that reverence. It should be our delight. So Nehemiah 1.11 will tell us, this is the prayer of Nehemiah. He'll, he'll says this. He'll say, um, be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. So there's this delight in reverencing the yeah. name of, of the Lord. Uh, Jesus in Isaiah 11 is depicted uh, by the prophet um, it says in verse, verse two, it says the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, uh, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. That's amazing. The spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. So Jesus is described as having the spirit of the knowledge of God and the knowledge and the fear of the Lord upon him. Not only that, but he delights in it. So if he delights in it, you know, how much more should we delight in it? And so I believe this is such a crucial uh, piece for what we're going to be talking about. It's to rightly understand, okay, I don't need to be afraid of God. He's my father. I'm his son. I've been adopted. I'm in the family. Like you said, we're going to have boldness on the day of judgment. But there is this holy reverence and awe of, okay, this is God. You know, this is the one who holds the universe in his hands. This is the one whose word is everlasting and will not, you know, pass away. This is the one who knows what's best for my life. And, and I think that's, that's another thing that I want to add to that. And then I'll, I'll end with that is that um, uh, being in awe and reverence of the Lord is not just saying, okay, oh God, you're just wonderful. No, it's a submission yeah. to him because of how wonderful and awesome he is. Um, and, and we see this, for instance, in Isaiah 66, um, he says, has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord, he says, these are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. Mm -hmm. There's that trembling at God's word that basically saying, okay, I'm receptive to your word. And I just want to submit myself to it, no matter what I think, no matter what other people think. And I think uh, one great point about that, and, you know, I was thinking is that we all entered in to the kingdom of God with having a fear of the Lord, because we had mm. to acknowledge, I need a savior. I can't do That's this on my own. I can't save myself. So that was a, and I believe fear, you know, fearing God is also just a sign of humility. You know, That's just it. being humble and saying, you know what, I, I can't earn my way into eternity or into the kingdom of God. I have to have a savior. And in the way that you got into the kingdom, whether it was by faith or fearing the Lord, that's how we continue our life. It wasn't just a one time faith. It wasn't a one time fear. It's a continual thing that we do. And, you know, that humility, you know, 
crosses over into several different things. And that kind of leads us to our next point, Brad, and I'd love you to kind of run with it. Um, and just talking about, um, you know, the fear of not being good enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, before, before we move on to that point, I was yeah. just reminded, uh, from what Timo said, just that submission to God, you know, we are in God's kingdom. Yeah. It is the kingdom. So there, there is a thing about obedience and, and daily walking with the Lord. Yeah. And I'll never forget one time I was walking in Bergen. This was the time when I was searching the scripture and trying to find out more about the fear of the Lord in my own yeah. personal life. Like, God, what does it really look like on a practical level to live in the fear of you? You know, like not to be afraid of him, but just what does it look like in, in my life? And yeah. I was in downtown Bergen walking through the city and they have a bunch of these crosswalks. A lot of cities have the crosswalks with uh, stoplights. You can, it blinks green when you can go and it blinks red when you have to stop. And most of the time when you're standing there, if there's no cars coming, even if it's red, a lot of people will just go ahead and walk across the street. And so me not thinking, I'm just going with the crowd. I'm walking across the street, it's, it's red. You know, and then all of a sudden on the inside, I just hear the Holy Spirit say, the fear of the Lord looks like you s stopping and waiting and actually obeying the traffic law. It's something that's very, very simple. Yeah. But it's not having the, the, it's, it's, it's wanting to obey God, even in the small things. Yeah. And it's from yeah. a relationship aspect. I think one of the things that has helped me in understanding the fear of the Lord is becoming a dad myself and the relationship i have with my son again the love that i have for him pales in comparison to the perfect love that god has for us yeah but there should be a respect or reverence from my son to me being his father and i think it looks the same way for us to, to god that's one of the best ways that we can show that we love him jesus said uh, if you love me you'll obey my commandments yeah not going to be a hard thing it's not going to be something we wake up every day you know just trying really hard to do the right thing it's within our nature to want to obey him and i think actually the fear of the lord is the antidote for all of these fears that we're going to cover within this conversation so yeah. i think yeah. this is a theme that we're going to come back to but yeah. the fear yeah. of not being good enough is a, something i could probably talk about this entire episode if you have yeah. gosh because it's something that I've honestly struggled with my whole life on and off in different situations. And really the fear of not being good enough, what it comes down to is it's a limiting belief that we have about ourselves. It's really a story or a narrative in our, in our mind that's not true, but has the potential to hinder us from doing what God's called us to do. Yep. It's kind of like a broken record that we play over and over and over in our mind. And we think it's actually normal, but it's not. Yeah. So just to give you another practical example of the fear of not being good enough. When I, do you guys remember going to Rama? Uh, the first week it was always orientation. Yeah. Yeah. So good times. I remember <laughs> that loved it every minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the first week they would have sometimes different students who would get up and share their testimonies about how Rayma has changed their life. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I, I don't think I could ever do
do something yeah. like that, get up and share my story in front of the whole student body. And I was actually nervous for these people. I was in my seat, like <laughs> embarrassed and nervous yeah. for them because my whole life I had dealt with the fear of public speaking. Hmm. And that carried into my adult life as well. Well, fast forward into the, into my first year, I really began to sense very strongly that God has called me to preach the gospel. Yep. I felt so strongly that I was called to the nations to go preach the gospel. But there was a big problem because I was afraid of public speaking. <laughs> so I so I did what most of us do when God tells us to do something but we don't feel good enough or we have some type of limiting belief, something that we feel like, oh, well, wouldn't so-and-so be much better for this position? Or I can't do that. I don't have enough experience or whatever the, the story is. I began to argue with God and say, God, I can't preach the gospel because I'm afraid of public speaking. Like you're the one who made me like this. This is my personality, <laughs> but yet you're saying I have to go preach the gospel. And I just felt on the inside, the Holy Spirit say, son, the problem is that you still see yourself as the old Brad, but that man's gone. He's dead. And I've made you a new creation. And as a new creation, you actually want to do my will. So it's actually within our nature to live in the fear of the Lord, wanting to do his will. But I was telling myself this other story that I was afraid of public speaking. I can't do this. I can't do that. But I think most of us at some point or another have different opportunities that we get in life and we begin to think of every single reason why we can't do it or why yeah. it won't yeah. work. But to live in the fear of the Lord and, and to change that broken record with a new soundtrack and ask ourselves, what has God actually said? That's yeah. the beginning. That, I think that's where we have to uh, start to change that story. And I love that example. And, you know, just for myself, just being transparent and honest, I had, uh, you know, the revelation that, you know, when I was, God told me to start doing this podcast, you have all those excuses. Well, I'm not the best public speaker, or there's already a million podcasts, or, you know, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, and then I started looking at other people and being like, man, they're so much better than me. And then I realized that I was comparing myself to someone that's been doing it a long time. And so, uh, you know, one thing I think we have to be okay with is that God's going to help us progress and whatever he's told us to do by his grace. And so yeah. a lot of times we're comparing ourselves to an idea we have, or we have, we're comparing ourselves to somebody else. And that person maybe have done that thing for years and years and developed. And it's okay to look at yourself and say, I have room for improvement, but it's important to look back and say, you know what, I've gotten better. Like yep. you have to celebrate some small victories. You can say, you know, I can say personally, I'm better today at doing a podcast than I was on my first episode. And I'm not where I want to be. I still mess up. I still stutter, do different things, but I'm getting better than I was the first time I did it. And so I think we have to be able to look at ourselves and not just always put ourselves under this like condemnation of, man, I'm not good. Mm -hmm. I'm at, at least celebrate. I'm better than I was yesterday. If you can have a small victory, then that if you were you're better today than you were yesterday, that means tomorrow you can be better than today. And that will kind of give you a hope to continue to go forward as well. But, you know, I think even with comparison in and of itself is is almost a selfish thought um, because <laughs> you're automatically looking for someone that's higher and someone that's lower. 
And that's not how we are in God's sight. And it almost reminds me of the disciples when they were disputing of who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. You know, they were walking, they were on the road. It, I believe it's in Mark 9. And they were walking and, and Jesus knew that they were disputing among themselves. And he asked them when they got uh, to the house and he's like, what were you guys talking about? But none of them said anything because they knew they had been fighting over who was the greatest. And so that that was they were comparing each other, seeing who you know had the best. I guarantee you they were all listing their merits. Well, I've done this and I got to this many people got healed and different things like that. And, um, you know, just to avoid those things is going to help us um, from living under a feeling of, you know, I'm not good enough. Just yeah. celebrate some small things as you go forward and trust that God's giving you grace to be better every single day. Mm -hmm. That's so good. It reminds me, Brad, when you were speaking of Moses, when he gets his call in Exodus chapter three, he sees God in the middle of this living flame in the, in the burning bush, but the bush is not consumed. And he hears the voice of the Lord and he, you know, he gets this call to, to take the people of Israel out of Egypt. And, and Moses's response is, who am I to do this? Yeah. And the question is answered by the Lord with, I will be with you. Yeah. You know, so we ask ourselves, who, who are we to do this? Yeah. And this, you know, fake humility or just feeling of not being good enough. And the Lord answers, I will be with you. So the question is not, who are you? The question is, who is with you? And, and, and that's exactly, you know, I think an, an answer to that is to not look at yourself, but to look at who's with you. Yeah. You know, so in your own strength, you're not going to be able to do it, but with, with, with God, I mean, who's, who's going to stop you. So no, every, every time that I've been afraid of doing something or don't feel good enough, it's because I, I have my eyes on myself, yeah. instead of, you, go. you know, and even in doing this podcast, Josh, like the reason why you guys, why you do this every single week, multiple times a week, it's because you have a call to help and serve people. And when you're thinking about the people that you're reaching through this podcast and the lives that are being changed, you're not thinking about yourself. So you have a lot more boldness. And it's the same thing in, in uh, my life as well. The times where I get my eyes focused on myself, that's where I tend to stumble into these different storylines of not being good enough. Not Josh, there's different things in my life right now that you're pushing me on that yeah. I'm having to fight this fear. Like you're pushing me outside my comfort zone. And so this is not something that is like a, a, a one-time thing and it's done, we've conquered it. But every time we go to a new level or new season, it's something that we're gonna have to, to deal with. Yeah. Just like, you know, Moses, he dealt with this limiting belief of, okay, God, who am I? The generation that he led out of Israel they dealt with the same limiting beliefs in, in numbers. We get the story, Numbers chapter 13, where Moses sends 12 spies into the into the promised land to go spy out the land. And the 12 come back. It says 10 of the spies gave an evil report of unbelief, and only two came back with a report of faith. That was Joshua and Caleb. But in, in Numbers 13, verse 33, it says this. It says, and this was the report from the 10 spies. Yeah. They said, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. 
So the report that they came back with was they were grasshoppers in their own site. And because they saw themselves that way, they projected that on other people. Well, of course, that's how they see us as well. And the, the crazy thing is, this whole generation had to stay in the wilderness. They died in the wilderness. They never actually entered into the promised land. They actually never entered in to what God called them to do because of this limiting belief. Yeah. But then we find out later on when Joshua sends spies to Jericho, the city of Jericho before they go and, and take that city, the spies there, they're talking with Rahab, the prostitute, who gives them shelter for a night. She says, we've been terrified of you guys. We heard yeah. the story of God delivering you out of the hands of Pharaoh. We've been <laughs> waiting for you. Yeah. So it just goes to show the report they came back with was a total lie, but they wow. got out of their life what the, what what they saw themselves doing. It yeah. wasn't God who wanted them to stay in the wilderness. God wanted them to go into the promised land, but they they hindered themselves from believing believing the lie. And so I'll end with this. I'll, I'll throw it back to you, Josh. But it's kind of ironic that it was easier for God to deliver the Israel out of Egypt than it was for him to get Egypt out of Israel. Hmm. But Brad, as you were saying that, it almost took me back to like when I was in elementary school. And I'm not sure if you guys experience this. I, I feel like it's universal, but you'll be in like an art class or something. And there'll be somebody that's just like the best artist and it's everything looks amazing. And then you're, you give them a compliment and you're like, wow, that looks great. And they're like, no, it's terrible. And you're like, dude, if you looked at mine right now, like, and, and so there's almost like this sense that sometimes you don't recognize the level that you're at or the grace that's upon your life until you start acknowledging that, like Timo was saying, God is with me. And as you do that and you start acknowledging God in your everyday life, he'll start to reveal to you different graces that he's placed on you and specific things he wants you to do. And you might not be where you want to be in those areas, but that shouldn't stop you from taking the next step and whatever he wants you to do. Don't like Rob was saying, don't give in to this limiting belief that you're not good enough. Step into that next thing. And, you know, Brad, when we're in that position, you know, I want to just give a, a practical step. How do I get out of it? Yeah. So one thing I've started training myself to do whenever I feel like I'm in a position where all of a sudden I'm dealing with this fear, these negative emotions, maybe frustration, I have to stop and ask myself three questions. So the first question is, what is the story that I'm telling myself? So maybe the story is, well, I'm not, I'm not good enough. So-and-so would be much better to do that. You know, maybe the story is, well, they don't know my past. If they knew my past, they wouldn't ask me to do this particular thing, whatever. Yeah. So we have to ask ourselves, what's the story that we're telling ourselves? Then number two, we have to ask the question, where did that story come from? Did it come from a past experience? Did it come from the enemy? Did it come from somebody in our past? Did it come from God? Obviously, if it's a limiting belief, it didn't come from God. So then the third question we have to ask ourselves is what has God said about this situation? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing that, again, to take it back to the example with Rhema, God called me to preach the gospel. The story I was telling myself was that I'm afraid of public speaking. Where did that come from? Well, past experience. And then number three, what did God say? Well, I've made you a new creation. 
And as a new creation, you actually enjoy to do my will. So that's a new story I had to meditate on and believe. Therefore, I could act in confidence when I had those opportunities to go preach or administer the gospel. So those are the three questions I would recommend somebody stopping, reflecting on, asking themselves and change the story, change the story to what God has said. Yeah. And, you know, I love, I love that. And, you know, I just encourage you, like Brad was saying, take those just to give you a recap that what is the broken story or broken record I'm listening to? Where did it come from? And what does God say? You know, if you have to write those down and put the answer there and really reflect, like spend some time thinking about it because it, it's time for us to move past these things that have held us back for a long time. And, you know, a lot of the things that have held us back beyond, you know, just limiting beliefs is just the fear of people or the fear of rejection. And, you know, there was a scripture that I was looking at here in Proverbs 29, 25. It says, the fear of mankind is a snare, but the one who trusts in the Lord is protected. And, you know, the fear of mankind, it always comes out in a lot of ways in people pleasing. And, you know, that snare is a trap. And the reason it's a trap is because what is acceptable to people or to the world or to culture and society is constantly changing. There is no concrete, solid foundation that you know the way that I acted yesterday is still going to be acceptable to society tomorrow or today. It's always changing, and that's why it's a trap. But it says that the one who trusts in the Lord is protected. And so if the fear of man is a trap, then trusting in the Lord, his character is, the person that he is, how he upholds himself and upholds you and sees you doesn't change. And so, uh, you know, it almost highlights that the fear of God is ultimately trusting him. Yeah. Trusting yeah. God is what gives you that protection. And so having the fear of God is going to set you free from people pleasing. And so, you know, we know that the fear of mankind is a snare. It's a trap. But the one who trusts the Lord is protected. And so that ultimately shows us that the fear of God is ultimately trusting God. And as we trust God and as we fear him, honor him, reverence him in our everyday life, that ultimately leads us to protection because we have confidence of who we are and what, who we're called to be. Yeah, that's, that, that's so good. And it's funny because you, you mentioned that, um, you know, if you're, you're fearing men, you'll always be on this unsure foundation You'll never be certain of what, what's going to happen to you because you're fearing men. And, and, and there's this scripture in Isaiah 33, verse 6, that says that he, speaking of the Lord, will be the sure foundation for your times. So he be, he'll be that security. He'll yeah. be that, that confidence for your times, for your seasons. It says a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Right. So the fear of the Lord is that key to the treasure, which is that foundation of being sure in God, no matter what's happening. You don't have to fear man, you know, just fear God, trust God, and he will be that foundation. And like you said, it's going to protect you. There's nothing safer than being in that place of reverence and submission to the Lord. Um you know, Malachi 1.11 says, my name will be great among the nations. Malachi 11.1.14 says, and my name is to be feared among the nations. Mm -hmm. So if you like it or not, 
God's name's going to be feared. It's going to be reverence. It's going to be exalted among the nations. So get into it because, you know, we know there's going to be a shaking coming and it's time to be in that sure foundation when everything is shaking, you know, just get under God yeah. and be, and be safe. <laughs> that's so good because that's where our confidence comes from. Yeah. I mean, again, something, I, I feel like this is almost a, an episode where I can just like air out my, my dirty laundry here, but <laughs> it's like something I've, I, again, I've struggled with is I want people to like me. Like I genuinely want people to like me. And it, it, and if I know somebody doesn't like me, it really affects me. Yeah. So, but that's a trap. It says, that, yeah. it says that that's, that's a trap because not everyone's going to like you. You're yeah. not going to be able to please everyone, especially when you make the Lord your sure foundation. When you stand up for righteousness, it's going to make a lot of people upset. And in ministry, especially, it can be a very dangerous trap when you get into people pleasing. Because totally. your, your time and energy, there's no boundaries with it. And everything can just completely drain you if you allow it. And I think many times the, the, the people-pleasing aspect is actually rooted in the fear of rejection. Yeah. So we want to please people because we're afraid of being rejected by people. Yeah. So the, the antidote is to go to the word of God and change that story. Well, what does the word say? The word says I've been accepted in the beloved and my confidence gained a major boost in Bible school when I meditated on that verse. And I realized no matter what I'm accepted, I'm living life from a place of acceptance. Therefore, I don't have to try and go earn acceptance from people. I can just be who God created me to be. That's going to attract the right people. It's going to repel the wrong people but I don't have to be upset or worried about it. That's not my main focus. My focus is dwelling in the presence of God and doing what he's called me to do. Now that doesn't mean we're arrogant. We're just like, Oh, this is just the way I am. And you don't care about other people, but there, there has to be that balance and that humility that, Hey, I've been accepted. So no matter what the outcome is, I have to stay true to myself, to, true to my convictions. Sometimes I have to tell people, no, that might upset them, but I'm okay with that because I, mm -hmm. I, I ultimately, at the end of the day, I know God loves me. My family loves me and I love me. I love yeah. me because the Lord loves me. And that's an awesome place to rest in. And I think it also goes back to the fact, you know, when it comes to people pleasing, we have to realize we have nothing to prove. You know, I didn't have to prove myself to God. I didn't have to, you know, come and, and serve him a thousand days before he said I was accepted in the beloved. So I don't have to prove myself to people. And in fact, I'm not there to, to prove anything to them. I'm actually there to serve other people. And so my job's not to get you to like me. My job is to love you. My job is to care for you. My job is to support you and to serve you. And I love in Philippians uh, 2, 3 through 4, it says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And it kind of goes back to the first point. The more that I'm looking at me, the more I'm going to be trying to prove, I'm going to be trying to get people's respect. I'm going to be trying to get their attention. And it's almost where we're still feeling like we're incomplete, but we are complete in Christ Jesus. I'm not looking to get anything from you. I'm actually here to serve you. And yes, in ministry, you've got to have those 
kind of boundaries in place where you're not, you know, getting burnout and making yourself too available. But keeping in mind, you know, when you say yes, you're doing it with the right motivation. Always checking your heart motivation. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Am I doing this because I want to be seen? Am I doing this because I so want to earn honor and respect? Am I doing this for money? What you have to check your heart motivation. And if your motivation is in the right place, then you can do it from a free, a free heart. Josh, yeah, I'm, so good. I'm reminded uh, of when we were, in, I think we were in Zambia when you shared a message about Jesus before he even started his earthly ministry, when he got baptized by the, by John the Baptist, <clears throat> how the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Yeah. The father was pleased in Jesus or with Jesus before he even started his ministry. So he was operating from the very beginning out of a place of acceptance. Yep. So again, in ministry, right. we can, we can, say yes to things because we think it's going to make God accept us more. Yeah. Maybe we, we want to feel needed, whatever it may, whatever it may be, but we have to, we have to root ourselves in the love of God, in the acceptance of God, in the fear of God, what we've been talking about to help us set up those boundaries and, and operate from a place of completion and not lack, like you were saying. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I was just about to, to quote that scripture as well. <laughs> No, no, no. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Jesus starts out his ministry knowing that he's the one that has been chosen and accepted and he's well-pleasing to the father. And it's from that, that place on, he goes to the wilderness. He's tested for 40 days and he starts out his public ministry. And we see a man in union with God, who's unafraid of other people and he's unafraid of the enemy yeah. and he's just set free to be who God called him to be, which was the savior of the world. Yeah. And I, I believe this is such an important pattern for us to follow. We, especially for those of us who, who are called to ministry, um, we have to be so careful to not, to not have that posture of trying to win people's approval, win people's affection or, you know, win trophies in what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We, we might be like Jesus and speak to a crowd and the crowd rejects us. Yeah. Why? Because we're speaking truth. We're not afraid of saying what the, the father has called us to do and called us to say, or, um, you know, we, we might be experiencing success in some ways. Yet we know our identity is not tied to that. Yeah. It's tied to who God says I am and that I'm accepted and I'm, and then I'm well pleasing into, into his eyes. Mm -hmm. And so I, I believe that. And I, I think we've, we've said it a few times already is that the fear of the Lord in the end will set you free from all other kinds of fears. Yeah. And when it comes to ministry, it'll set, set you free from that fear of always wanting to Please people, but only that, but also kind of like ascending the ladders of ministry and trying to, you know, be promoted and go higher. And no, the fear of the Lord is going to cause you to go lower and serve and get dirty and wash feet. Yeah. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, you don't care. You know, you care about people, but you, you, you're not, you know, trying to get something out of it. You know, yeah. you're just honoring the Lord and submit it to, to him. Yeah. This brings me right back to uh, one of my favorite passages of scripture, which is John 4, 
the woman at the well. And she had the, the five husbands and was living with a guy now that mm. was a husband. And Jesus told her, you know, he said, if you drink this water, you're going to thirst again. But the drink that I give you will become a fountain of life. It's springing forth to everlasting life. And what it was, that's just an example that no matter how much attention she got from those men, no matter how much money they gave her, no matter what each of them played a different role in her life, it was never going to be enough to satisfy her. And that principle, you know, applies in different areas, no matter how much success you think you have, or how many people respect you or patting you on the back and giving you a compliment and telling you how good a person you are, how good a job you're doing, it's never going to be enough to satisfy you. The acceptance of people will never satisfy the longing in our hearts to know, truly know that we are already accepted by God. And so, and that just brings me back. That woman was having to go back every day and draw from that well. She had to go get something from those people every morning, every or afternoon, she would have to go and get something. But Jesus said, if you'll drink what I have to give you, you're never going to thirst again. In fact, you're going to be a source for other people. And so that's, that's really what the fear of God does in your life. It doesn't, it causes you to not have to go and draw from other people to gain acceptance to, for them to encourage you, you're going to be that encouragement to other people and you're going to be a source of life in other people's lives as well. Uh, Josh, when you're sharing that, it just brings me back to times when, like, let's say I, I would go to Anna after I get got done uh, ministering at church and I'm like hey you know what do you what do you think of that sermon what do you what do you think of the message today you know and I'm expecting her I'm fishing for compliments it's what yeah. I'm doing and Josh you've, you've never done that right no I was no I wasn't never done that either I wasn't thinking of 20 different examples of me doing that yeah. Yeah. never done that yeah so yeah. but the funny thing is it doesn't matter how many compliments my wife gave me it, it like it felt good for a moment but at the end of the day it's not what really satisfied me it didn't really fill my cup up it's like you're trying to fill up it's like you're trying to fill up a cup but the bottom's gone and so it yeah. just goes straight through but it doesn't truly fill up your cup because really the only thing that can satisfy us is the lord yeah again it's what he says about us that truly brings joy to our soul it's like the scripture that the team read. It's the fear of the Lord. That's what we delight in. So now I've deliberately said, Hey, Anna, give me something I can do better. Yeah. Even though I'm more specific in, in trying to get some feedback from her. I'm not just trying to fish for compliments because I know it's empty. It's not going to fill up my cup. And at the end of the day, even if she believes that, and I don't believe that it's, it's not going to, it's it, the, the, the thing is, I have to believe it, but how am I going to believe it? By spending time in, in the presence of the Lord, by meditating on his word, and from that place we have to operate. So anyways, again, something else I'm telling about myself. I know you guys have never done this. No, but but it, it reminded me of uh, Dan Moeller used to say this all the time, and he would say, there's times where people you say, I love you to someone, and you know they heard you, but they say, what? because they almost want you to repeat it and say it one more time just so they can get that that slight little boost again. And so sometimes we'll redo things, we'll do things with the motivation for someone to tell us we're awesome. And that's kind of where, again, you're going back to the fear of man and, and knowing that you're, you're, what that is, I feel like it's like a, a barometer. It shows you where you're at. So you don't, if, you, if you're recognizing yourself doing it, don't live in a place of condemnation, recognize it, 
and turn. And that's what repentance truly is. It's acknowledging what you've been through and turning and going the other way. You don't have to go on the floor and, and, and cry and ask for forgiveness for days and hours. It can Repentance can be like this. Father, I recognize this. I know that's not who you created me to be. I ask you to forgive me. And I, I ask for your grace to help me go the other way. That's all it has to be. It doesn't have to be a long process. It, it's all about a sincere, sincere heart. And I think that's a, a lot of what we're going back to today is your heart motive. Where is your heart at? And the only way to cultivate your heart, again, is spending time with God. That's the only way you can do it. I really like what you guys are talking about, when, especially when it comes to the motives of the heart. Yeah. And how that's connected to all these fears, and especially then the fear of the Lord and the fear of God. Um, in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10, Paul, uh, Paul says this, and I, and I really like this. He says, um, he says, knowing the fear of the Lord we persuade men. Hmm. So that's his motivation for his ministry, right? His motivation is the fear of the Lord, the reverence that he has for God. Um, the same chapter will then speak of him being compelled by love. And many times we like to talk about that and how we're to be compelled by love for ministry. But we, we see in the ministry of Paul, we have both. We have the love for other people, that, that aspect of compassion that motivates us um, because we know Christ died for all people. But then we have this other aspect of the fear of the Lord. We ultimately do this, do this because we live for one audience, the audience of one. We live for the eyes of the Lord. Yeah. And, and in that same chapter, you know, Paul will say that we're going to stand before the judgment seat of the Lord and our works will be tried. And so ultimately, um, and, 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 you know, we know we're going to be rewarded for the things that we've done in this body. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, he's not going to look at the size of our ministry, more at the, the motivations of our hearts. And, uh, and I really believe this is, it's such a key. I mean, I, I know that like this past year and the year before that, I've been really meditating on the fear of the Lord and the Lord's really brought that back to my heart. And it ultimately just sets you free to do what he's called you to do, no matter what, you know, fears you have and whatever stories you have inside your head. And, and that's one thing I want to share is that all of us, we have these stories. Yeah. None of us are immune to them. All of the people you look up to, they all, they all have these internal battles, but they've ultimately decided, like Brad said, okay, we're going to tell God's story. We're going to submit to his story. Wow. Go ahead, Brad. Well, what I was going to say is ultimately, and again, Josh, you can edit this out if you want, but ultimately a lot of what we have to do is do it scared. Like do it, even, mm. even if we don't feel like doing it, we, yeah. we have to do it scared because we never know what's on the other side of that fear. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, I know you I, I, I was about to go there before you even introed me into it. But while Brad was talking, I knew he was setting me up because he wanted me to talk about it. But when we were in Zambia, we were in at Victoria Falls and my whole life always had this incredible fear of heights, like to the point where we we were at this magnificent <laughs> waterfall. But to be able to go to see the waterfall, you had to cross this super high bridge that like didn't look sturdy at all to in my eyes and i'm like this is not like it was like one of those bridges like one person should cross at a time or something and so i was just like man 
And, you know, I remember standing on the other side and I wasn't going to go. And Brad and the other people on the trip were like, come on, man, come on. And I just was like, nope. I like almost dug my feet in and there, I think a lot of people do that in different areas, whether God's telling them to do something, we'll dig our feet in. But what happened was I realized this is an opportunity I've been given and I just need to do it. And it didn't happen like this. It took me a little bit to deal with my own heart and myself about it and my mind. And I went across and then when we got to the other side, it was the most magnificent sight I've ever seen. And it was just so beautiful, man. Like, and I remember God telling me, he's like, on the other side of your fear, I'm going to make dreams come true that you didn't even know you had. Beautiful. And I, and I cause I was looking at that waterfall and I, ne and I had ne didn't even know that I wanted to see that. But mm -hmm. as I was there standing in front of it, it became a revelation to me that there was a desire in my heart to see that waterfall, but I had to go past my fear for that dream that I didn't even know I had to be revealed to me. And so what's on the other side of your fe your fears is, is maybe a dream come true that you don't even know that you have yet or a desire in your heart that God put in there before you even formed in your mother's womb. And so whatever it is that's holding you back fear wise, I just encourage you get past it and start taking a step. You know, I didn't run across the bridge. I took small steps and as I got, but I finally made it to my destination. When I was, I was so happy that I didn't let fear hold me back. That's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And that was an nice. awesome experience. I'm so glad that I was actually there to experience that with you. But what comes to mind is Psalm 37 verse four, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So Josh, like you said, he'll give you those dreams. He'll give you those desires, things that you didn't even know that you wanted in life. And ultimately it's to serve other people and yeah. the kingdom of God. But I think a lot of times we don't take that leap or we don't do it scared because we're afraid of failure. We're yeah. afraid that we're not going to be perfect the first time we do it. It's Josh. It's like what you said about starting the podcast. Yeah. You started comparing yourself to other people, um, that space and, and, but there was, there was a time where there was a time where you had to learn and get in the reps. And I yeah. mean, I've had a conversation with you after a podcast we done like, Hey man, how, you know, how was that? And, um, just, just looking to get better. But you know, the, the whole thing is once we actually jump in and get on the other side of that fear, it opens up a completely new realm or reality where God can show us new things. Yeah. For me, when I was, uh, preaching when I started to preach more and more if I didn't have what I felt like was the perfect message I would just beat myself up for days and I would mm -hmm. think okay well maybe I'm not really called to do this um, I didn't say exactly what I wanted to say it didn't come out the right way but again it's just me getting my eyes on myself instead of the people but I think perfection when you're a perfectionist that is the killer of progress and that's really what we're looking for in life, it's to progress. It's to find different ways we can put ourselves outside of our comfort zone because that's the only way that we grow. And when we first do it, we're not going to be great. Like yeah. when I, Josh, uh, Timo, when I, I have some recordings from when I was in lab class back at Rama, 
And sometimes every once in a while we'll be driving in the car and one of those recordings will come on and my wife will be like, Oh, keep it on. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I can't stand listening to yeah. them because at the time I thought, I thought it was great, but now it's just like, I've grown so much in my, in, in my ability to communicate while preaching. And I think about, I, I told a story about Zacchaeus and I just think I'd never tell it like that again. But it's, it's because I've grown and yeah. I can look back and Josh, it's like you said before, you have to look at the different milestones, but yeah. we have to do things scared sometimes, yeah. get in the repetitions before we gain that confidence. And we're not going to be very good when we first start, even if God's called us to do something, even right. if we're gifted to do it. Like I would, I would hate to look uh, 10 years from now, I would hate to look back and think that I'm the exact same in my giftings and abilities that I have not grown in the last 10 totally. years. Yeah. There's going to yeah. be progress, but we have to allow for that and not be scared about messing up or failing because that's how we learn. Yeah. And I think too, even with whether you're a minister in a pulpit or not, we're all ministers of the gospel. And even that can come back to, you know, even sharing your faith, whether you're in the supermarket, you're on the street, Sometimes you, you know, man, I should go talk to this person, but you feel that scared feeling. And if you resist it and you don't do it, then you never grow in doing it. So I remember the first time I shared the gospel with somebody, I went back to Adam and Eve and like shared this like 20 minute story. And it was just like all over the place and it just wasn't good, but the person got saved. So there was results, but there's times that I asked someone if they'd like to be born again, they didn't want it. But you can't allow those situations to discourage you. You have to keep going forward. And I can say I can share the, the gospel a lot better now than I could five or 10 years ago in, in a simpler way. But it takes repetition. And don't give up if it comes out bad. You know, you just go to the next one. I always think about a football player. They always teach you, go to the next play. Don't think about the last play. Go to the next play. It's always about going forward. You got to have a short-term memory when it comes to what you perceive as failures, but what re you should really kind of uh, resign as growth. So, you know what? I did it. It didn't turn out the way. What can I learn from it? What can I learn from that to do it differently the next time? And even if it comes out the exact same way, just being able to acknowledge that was a mistake is a huge first step. Yeah, and it, it all comes back to the fact that we are so afraid of our weaknesses. Yeah. We're so afraid of even, you know, being seen as weak or, you know, not, not, not sure we're doing the right thing all the time. And we're not, you know, praying the perfect prayers or we're, you know, ministering the perfect way or, you know, just saying the things just in that right way. Yeah. And, um, and we, we, we just don't realize that God is such an expert at, at displaying his power in the midst of our weakness. And, uh, and his power, the scripture says, is made perfect in our weakness. Now, that's not an excuse for not growing and progressing and not taking the next steps and so on and so on. But we, we still have to realize that even when we are progressing, even when we're growing, We'll still have weaknesses. We'll still have these areas that are not yet polished, that are not yet, you know, just exactly the way we want to be. But don't let that, you know, stop you from doing whatever God has called you to do. You know, so many people don't pray because they think they have to have the perfect prayers or, you know, the perfect hour of prayer. And 
they just they don't realize that these people they look up to who are people of prayer their prayers are you know really simple and kind of weak looking in a sense but they just show up they're consistent they're there they trust in this powerful god same thing is with these people you look up to you know people who are winning souls all the time man i guarantee you these people are having to fight some of their weaknesses as they go out. I guarantee you, your favorite preacher, you know, has feelings of inadequacy and, 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 you know, probably talks to, you know, their wife or their spouse and says, okay, I think I I failed miserably. It's going to happen. So don't let these weaknesses and your perceived, you know, thoughts of how inadequate you are, stop you from going after it. You know, you said something else, uh, Josh, you know, on the other side of your fear is is your dream I, I always like to say that you never know what's on the other side of your obedience until you obey yeah, yeah. yeah so just obey even though you feel inadequate obey even though you're afraid obey even though you, you think like you just don't have it all together just obey and see you know what see the lord you know operate through your life Man, that's so good. And, you know, before we, um, we're going to wrap up here shortly, but Brad, I wanted to see if you had anything, but I just wanted to just kind of reiterate that all of this is going back to be in being in the fear of God, being obedient, you know, submitting ourselves, being humble, not looking at ourselves, but truly looking to God who's within us. Um, but Brad, I just wanted to kind of give you a last opportunity to share anything you had. Yeah, thank you. I guess I, I just want to, talk to the people who are who are listening um when it comes to a commandment in the bible from jesus and even things that god has placed on your heart to do that seem impossible or when you think about it like it's really strong in your heart you you really you can't shake it but when you think about it there is that that tendency of fear or this doubt to to um come come up in you yeah just know that you're not the only person who feels that i every time again every time i'm faced with a new season a new opportunity those kind of things arise but as as you get a track record of of trusting god of of growing in the fear of the lord you do see that you know what god was with me during this and i was able to grow and because of my obedience Um, God was able to use that situation to bless other people. And it blessed me. And the more that you grow, the more you're going to realize you have more weak, like the more I grow, the more weaknesses I see. And that's not me beating myself up. I just recognize there's so much more out there. But to to me, that's a beautiful thing because like Demo said, um, Paul, Paul said in our weaknesses, we're made our God's power is made perfect in our weaknesses. So, even if you have to do it scared, do it. You're yeah. not alone. You're not the only person who, who, who has those fears, but on the other side of those fears or on the other side of your obedience, there is other dreams. There is opportunities. Yeah. And most of all, there's people waiting for you to share yeah. the gift that God has made you to, to, to be to help them in their situation. Yeah. And this was a thought. That this was an awesome time together, guys. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I truly believe that it's going to help and bless people. So, Timo and Brad, thank you guys so much for joining us today, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for having us.